Welcome to What Grinds My Gears, the show where we talk about the minor nuisances we have in our lives. I'm Gabriel, and today I'm joined by... All right, my name's Lucian. I'm Victoria. And today we have a special guest, Fred Mejia, who is subbing in for Kyle Thompson. Fred, you want to introduce yourself? It's an honor. Truly. All right, and let's get right into it. Victoria, why don't you start out with What Grinds Your Gears? All right, well, you guys have heard a little bit about this, but for the people listening... What grinds my gears is the fact that warning labels on kimchi containers are what? not large enough. I'm going to need some elaboration on that. Wait, uh, w- Listen, when you buy a jar of kimchi, it doesn't have a big like, sign that says, do not open, or like, careful when opening, because it's fermented and it will uh. explode all over your carpet and make your entire room <laughs> smell like kimchi for the next week. How so does this happen? Wait, so you're so telling you're me every single <laughs> kimchi container to have ever existed, you just open it and it's like, bam, sorry, we explode. Do we not tell you this? Like, well, also, if that's true, how do you not even know that? At that, at that point, it's like, why would you even need a warning? This was the first, <clears throat> excuse me, this was my first time buying kimchi on my own Mm. and immediately after it exploded all over my room i looked closely at the (laughs) container and there was fine print that said Uh. open over the sink wow (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm more concerned with the fact that you were opening kimchi just in your room yeah what were you planning on doing with with I was going to eat it. What else do you do with kimchi? I, I, I like Wait, what exactly is kimchi on. again? I'm not like familiar with Korean cuisine. Like It's, it's like, like a pickled radish. Yeah, yeah. Right? So well, it's like fermented, fermented, yeah. And not it, necessarily pickled, oh, okay, but fermented, yeah. yeah. You, you were going to eat radish by itself? It's cabbage. Delicious, yeah. Cabbage. Yeah, it's, it's fermented cabbage. Fermented cabbage. It's good for you. It has a lot of probiotics. Wow. It's spicy. Tastes good. So w- wouldn't it smell good? Wouldn't you be glad it like, explodes? <laughs> it should be an honor. Yeah. I mean... It's like, oh, kimchi, nice. Your, it's like, it smells like hot sauce, like peppers. Like, do you want your room smelling like Delicious. that? Delicious. I mean, it if I liked hot sauce and peppers, I don't think I'd be complaining. If I, was, if I was willing to just eat that straight up with nothing else as a snack, I'm sure I would love the smell of it. <laughs> would you? Okay. Do you like broccoli? No. I do not like broccoli. Okay. You know, this didn't work. But as as a self-proclaimed vegan, not liking <laughs> broccoli is is kind of difficult, but I, I will I will hold to that. Yeah. So proud of you. Real trooper. Yeah. It's really difficult. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll move on to my thing then. Um, one of my annoyances is that whenever you order something on Amazon, it comes in like five boxes. <laughs> so they'll give you like the first Amazon box with your name on it and everything in the Amazon box and you open it. And then there's another box inside. So, uh, for example, I opened, like, a box of, like, cutlery, basically. So I opened that, and this is a box with, like, the forks, knives, and spoons on it. And I have to open another box, and then each individual fork was, like, wrapped in, like, plastic. Mm-hmm. So I had to open that individually, too. And it's, like, bad enough already that by ordering stuff on Amazon, I'm, like, destroying the earth with, like, one-day shipping <laughs> and stuff. Oh, God. They're literally shipping stuff, like, one box on a truck <laughs> just to get there, yeah, like, you're, you're, on Tuesday. You're putting a, a, some Amazon warehouse worker to death every time you order something. I am. Just, just execute them once they trip on, like, one of their robots. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's fine. Done. My mom actually works at Amazon. She does? <laughs> yeah, she does. Really? No like cap. a warehouse? Yeah, she's a warehouse associate. No way. And she tells me how, like, for, like around uh, Christmas season or, like, any gift-giving season, like, you just die because you just see, a, like, an That's endless line insane. of boxes just roll up on you, and it's like, get packing. Wait, so um, was she one of the workers that, like, walked around and um, was, like, actually getting things from the warehouse? No, I believe she she was, like, at a line. Like, wow. Just cons- yeah. Oh, so she was just, like, packing? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that's slightly better off than uh, the people that would have to actually walk and get the stuff in the warehouse because those people have to, they walk, I've seen up to like 10 miles in a day. Ooh. Yeah, that's no, crazy. Grabbing and they like items. to bring like water bottles around so they yeah. can pee inside of yeah. them because they're not allowed to go to the bathroom. Oh, they can go to the bathroom, but, but they get really, penalized. Yeah, heavily. They, they get penalized pretty heavily. And in and, and a lot of places, like you will lose your job if you go to the bathroom. And they get like half an hour like lunch breaks. Like <laughs> yeah. they just end up like eating while they're walking. Oh. That's crazy. I mean, a lot of it's automated, too. Like, I know, like, they have, like, well, these, these mini machines that can carry, like, p- 
pillars on top of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think that's in a, like every single warehouse. I think they're starting to implement it, but I don't think it's very common yet. Right, but sure. I think like even where they do have them, like it's people working alongside mm-hmm. the robots. Yeah, exactly. So then you get penalties for like hitting the robot yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> when you just want to Robots need rights. Yeah, exactly. Robots need rights. Does your mom, like, does she like working at Amazon? Does she? I'm going to go with no on that. No. <laughs> she just, she's like had it for so long. And it's just yeah yeah it doesn't seem like one of those jobs that you go to work every day and you're like yes but it's like you get to go pack boxes. I, i've been there so long it's like why leave now because mm-hmm. like like decades worth of raises so yeah yeah, yeah. do you I get feel. perks do you perks? get like 10 percent? oh yeah she, she she has an amazon discount really? i do utilize her amazon really? account That's online pretty good so that is pretty fire uh, if i say so we myself. actually uh we live right next to the house that Jeff Bezos' son lives in. Really? Yeah. Oh. So you could just take it up with right him. Right, Nick? Oh, I mean, he lives yeah. in our dorm building. Really? Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. you're right. That's insane. His dad also works for Amazon. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> really? He's, he's, he's a pretty high up. Yeah, he's I been working yeah. there for a while. Yeah, he's, <laughs> been, he's been there for a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. What does he yeah. do again? Uh, Just like little little things. He, he sells really, books, I think. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> okay. books, something. Mm. That's yeah, cool. either way. I mean, if, if you want to learn it. more, just look up Jeff Bezos. I'm sure you'll find something on Amazon. With yeah, him. or find his son. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can just talk to him. <laughs> All right, well, Fred, do you have anything that grinds your gears that you uh, want to bring up? I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty complacent person. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I was I was built for this show. Like, a, a lot of things I've seen, it's like, I can adjust to that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I, I just live life. Uh, grinds my gears? I don't know if I could help you with that one, Gabe. <laughs> well, I got something that's kind of annoying. Uh, so I decided to go to go vegan uh, about, I'd say, a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been off and on vegan for, for a couple years now. But this one, I've, I've tried to, like, really stick to it. And I have a meal pass or a meal plan. So I have, like, a certain number of meals that I can get per semester. And the only dining hall that i've even seen that has any level of of like decent food for vegan people is the simmons dining hall and that is it any any of the other ones it's like the only thing you can get is tofu and i think that's that's a little bit annoying it's it's kind of a struggle Hmm. yeah i mean you also said you didn't like broccoli so i I don't know (laughs) maybe your choices are just limited (coughs) standards See, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to mention the fact that you're vegan, but then a lot of people try to call you out whenever yep. you... Um, oh, yeah, that is, that is oh, very annoying. That yeah. is true. Every time, like, if, if, I, well. if, I get, if I get close to, like, a piece of meat, everyone, <laughs> like, everyone within, like, a 10-foot radius just goes wild. And, and they'll, you know, they'll be eating, like, a burger or something. They're like, oh, my God, you're vegan. You can't eat that? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you're one to talk. Or even, like, if you, even if you are even vegan, like, yeah. drinking almonds. You yeah. know which water almonds take? Water? Or, yeah, almonds, <laughs> almonds do take a decent amount of water. What if you just drink milk right now? Milk? Mm, actually, I might have to get up. <laughs> no, yeah. But even even then, almonds, the, the amount of water that almonds take doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, as environmentally detrimental as uh, a lot of other, like, animal resources. This but is that, that, is a, that is an interesting point to bring up. Right. I mean, I guess... I guess a counterpoint to that would be that it is a choice to be vegan. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know, like, you could eat. Not, it's not like you're allergic to meat or, like, yeah. can't eat it. Yeah. So I imagine it'd be harder for someone who, I don't know, like, has a gluten allergy and is looking yeah. for gluten-free food or something. That is true. I don't know. Just a quick question. What does almond milk actually taste like? Because, like, I'm a you, milk you connoisseur. <laughs> well, like, it, it does not taste like milk, I would say. I mean, I haven't had milk. In, I can't actually don't know what milk tastes like because i haven't had it in i don't know four or five years dang really um yeah it, that's that's years. the one thing that i ha- have not necessarily missed yeah same. uh i switched over to almond milk when i first got into high school i believe really? maybe even before that and it was a hard transition at the beginning because it tasted pretty awful but at this point i've gotten so used to it that i don't even notice any any like weirdness in taste or flavor or anything Actually, it's quite good. Immediately after I transitioned to almond milk, I was like, okay, this is pretty bomb. It is pretty bomb. Yeah. I would have to. It doesn't taste like milk, but it tastes good. 
Mm-hmm. That's insane. It was like I, I grew up drinking like a glass of milk every single night before I went to bed. <laughs> every like, single no, night. And then when I'd wake up, like I could eat breakfast. It could be like eggs or like a sandwich, and then like I'd have a glass of milk, like wow. instead of orange juice. Like, oh, I just you, loved you it need so cereal much. or something. Cereal? Oh yeah, cereal. <laughs> no, I would literally have cereal, like the bowl of cereal, cocoa puffs with milk, and then I'd have a glass of milk on the side. Wow. Because like it's just, I, I don't know. It was just part of my lifestyle. Like, ever since coming here to Boston, I feel like I've been milk deprived. No, you that's drink why you're so, so much tall. Milk. Yeah, what do you mean? You drink milk every day. I know, but, like, that's not enough. Like, I would drink so much more back, like, back home. Like, I would, I, would, I don't know. How much do you think you spent on milk? How, well, milk? my parents, let's, I'd say we got, like, we burned through a gallon of milk a week. I'm not sure how much. I also got milk every single day at school. Like, two of those wow. pints. Oh, right, wow. yeah. That's a lot of milk. Yeah, well, dude, those pints. I don't, did, I don't even know how big a pint is, but it sounds like a, a lot. Pint, well, a, pi- a pint is half a quart. Other than milk? So I, dr- I drank a quart of milk every day at school. <laughs> a quarter <laughs> gallon of milk. Actually, <laughs> and it took you a week to get through one gallon at home? Well, you, well, well the thing, like, yeah. Well, you, you see, a, a quarter of, let's see, that's 1.25 gallons of milk at school a week, if I didn't mess up. You got that, and then you have, like, at home. You Like, you get home from, you wake up, you drink a glass of milk. You go to you, school. You you know how how big a pint is, right? A pint. Yeah. Yeah, that's like it's sixteen fluid ounces. I yeah, believe. yeah, I mean it's a it's like a big cup. Like if you get like a pint of beer. Wait, two. That's a, actually, that's no, a big I, cup I I, I take beer. that back. It was one hundred percent two half pints. Ah, uh, yes. It was okay. Yes. I, so I, I take drink, back what I said. You drink yeah. one pint. I drank one pint of milk every day. I would say at at school. Correct. That's okay. a lot. That is still a lot. How did they? Because at at my high school they had like little like tiny like milk. Yeah, the cartons. The cartons. Wait, your school didn't have bottles? What? Wow. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you serious? <laughs> what? No. What? Wait, what? What? Wait, I'm, I'm the one saying what. Your school did not have bottles of milk? I mean, wow. How big is this? Bo- is this like a water bottle size bottle? It was like a half pint of food. <laughs> it, was a, it was like it was like up to... Uh, I mean, of course, the audience can't see it, but I'm holding up a water bottle, and I'd say it was like right. three quarters the height of that. Wow. That's a hefty water bottle. It was, it was like... I don't know. And it was was it like all types of milk, like normal milk and like chocolate milk? Uh, yeah, they had like the whole milk and then the, the chocolate milk, but the chocolate milk would be low fat. And I personally Ooh. like all the fat I could have in my all milk. All the fat. I see. But I, I adjusted to the 2%. Yeah. Uh, as, a, as a self-proclaimed milk connoisseur, what's your favorite flavor of milk? Uh, chocolate, 100%. Really? I'm have, you, have you ever tried um, like strawberry milk? I have, I have. Uh, I feel like... I have to be in the mood to to have strawberry. I almost milk. would say it's too sweet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And statement. like too, it tastes too fake, you know. It does. Because there was this, um, I remember there was a like artesian milk company somewhere near where I lived. So I would always see these cartons of milk in like uh, any of like the local grocery stores, and they were like these glass bottles of milk, old school style, where you could like bring the bottle back and get like a refund, and. All right. They had all these different kinds of flavors. They had, like, normal milk. They had strawberry milk, chocolate milk. I think they had, like, salted caramel milk or something. Really? They, they got really invented with their flavors. It was, it was really cool to see. Yeah, Fred, how do you feel about, like, horchata? Oh, horchata? that's rice uh, milk. I don't even know that. To, to be honest, or, I, horchata is so I, I've never it's had so horchata, to be honest. Really? I, I have no idea what it tastes like. Uh, is it, I'm pretty sure it's a more of a traditionally Mexican drink. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I, I have, I have no all, idea. All I'm Dominican I know is, myself. Yeah, so I, I'm from California, and I would drink that very often. Anytime you went to like a taqueria, they would always have like a fountain of horchata, hmm. and it's so good. And it's made with rice milk, not necessarily. I don't think it's always made with dairy hmm. milk. I think it's traditionally made with rice milk, if I'm correct. But I'm not totally sure about that. Don't quote me on that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's essentially the rice milk and then like a mix of cinnamon and spices. And it is so good. Yeah, wow. I've it's, heard it's it described as delicious. like when you have a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch, yeah, yeah. and then you just the milk. The, yeah, it's the milk. <laughs> it literally is. Yeah, it's, that's it's that's what the chata is. Cinnamon yeah. sugar and rice milk, and it's probably actually that's that's definitely up there in my top five to ten favorite beverages of all time. Really, yeah, it's really really good. Hmm. Wow, I've, I've never had it. I definitely would recommend. Hmm. I would say my top five beverages are like 
chocolate milk uh, yeah. and then regular milk oh wow, wow. and then like two percent chocolate milk <laughs> and go down and, and then two, two yeah so how they, far do we have to go down before so that, we find something that's not milk i mean water is like milkshake? maybe number seven does, does milkshake count on one of those top five? Oh, ch- ch- yeah chocolate, chocolate milkshake was number milkshake was number like number, four is number I would, four number wow. four wow. yeah and then wow. actually no chocolate milkshake is 100 percent like above two percent milk so i'm oh, okay. yeah, yeah yeah so that's that'd be rank three yeah yeah but you'd rather drink a glass of whole milk Yes, correct. correct. Wow. Well, it, it depends on the occasion. Like, I could have a glass of whole milk any time of any day of any week. Uh-huh. But, like, a chocolate milkshake, like, I'd have Sometimes that once a, a week. Much. Yeah, it is. It, it's, yeah. Too, it's too thick. It's too thick. It's too, like, three C's. One man can't handle all that chocolate milkshake in one sitting, at least. Now, in addition to being a milk connoisseur, I understand mm. that you're pretty picky with your water as well. Oh, oh. no, that was going to be one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Y- yes, yes, yes. Uh, I prefer uh, bottled water, like purified. Like, I, I don't know. I just t- tap water and I just don't get along, in my opinion. <laughs> it's just you, you taste it and you just you feel the not bottled water if that makes sense <laughs> I, I i don't know how to describe it it's just uh it bottled ta- <laughs> water is just tap water it really in is yeah a, a less environmentally friendly container now what you said <laughs> is probably correct but i still just pr- like you can't you can't have like a glass of bottled water right next to you sip it and then a glass of tap water sip it and then tell me you'd still ch- pick the tap water like there, I feel like there's a defined, like a clear, like difference I mean, between can, the two tastes. We can taste. test this right now. I have can, tap water right next to me. You have tap water right I next do. to you. I yeah, do. Ha- I do have a little bit of water water on me. One of these days, I'm going to give you a bottle of water that's <laughs> filled with tap <laughs> water. Oh, water. Actually, I, I I actually hope you do. To be honest, because I I will <laughs> call you out. You wrong, <laughs> I will call you out within the first five. I'm like, what you, is this? What is this beverage? What am I drinking? Yeah. It's it's people like you that are the reason that our our world is dying. <laughs> this, this is it. This well, is why. I mean, if maybe it's not bottled water. Like if tap water just stepped their game up, like I would have, <laughs> I would have zero problem drinking tap water. All right, all right, tap water. He called you out. You better deliver. Yeah, the tap water all around the world, just like taste better taste that's all i ask better. no but tap water you, tastes different in different places it too. does it yeah does. would you drink the tap water out of like the bottle refill stations because that's like better than water fountain water like that is there I, I will acknowledge that some tap water tastes better than others and there are like acceptable standards of not bottled water mm-hmm. but bottled water still trumps all in my opinion so, so would you say any bottled water water would trump any tap water I, I I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Really? Wow. 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 I mean, well, well, then again, I've only had like, I like, like Aquafina, Poland Spring, like Dasani, like like name <laughs> whoa, brand whoa. bottled water. Like what you start Deja Blue. Deja, you see, like when I when I don't recognize the label, I start to get scared. All right, it's like <laughs> this might just be tap water in disguise. So you give me uh, as opposed to all the ones you're drinking uh, right yes. now, oh, which yeah, are tap just... water that is blatantly labeled, but purified. When I, at, at my house in California, we were on a well system, so we had a filter that would filter the water that came out of the well, and I would drink that water over a bottled water any day of the week. It was really? amazing. I mean, I, I'm sure. Well, like, well, you're from. That's probably the case, but here in Boston, we don't we don't have rat water. <laughs> yeah, rat rat water. I, I, I yeah. like. I've had some well water, like. I was in like a house in the Outer Banks, mm-hmm. and it was very metallic. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was just Wait, like, w- where was this area? Uh, in the Outer Banks in North Carolina, so it's oh, like okay. East Coast, North Carolina. I see. And they had water out of a well. I, I was going to say, you might be a little bit close to Flint, Michigan. It's <laughs> tasting like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like lead just yeah. in my mouth. No, but it was, it, was, it was like, I don't know, what kind of like iron maybe or something. Like uh-huh. you could like clearly tell it was metallic. Yeah. So like I never drank it, but like when you're taking a shower mm, and you, know, you, you get just, some in your mouth or something, mm-hmm. wow, wow, mm-hmm. very strange. I don't know. I mean, if you have an iron deficiency, yeah, that's oh, true. That's true. Drink. drink it up. Yep. Speaking of which, I'm pretty sure I might have an iron deficiency. My circulation is very poor. What are the What are the symptoms of an iron deficiency? I'm, I'm not sure what I'm that means. I'm not totally sure, but I feel like I. You <laughs> <laughs> feel like yeah. You just feel the lack of iron. I think being cold. Yeah, is exactly. One. Exactly. <laughs> being cold all the time. Really. Yeah. yeah. I guess you gotta start eating more red meat. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta meat. step up my red meat game. <laughs> yeah. 
You could head to next for that. Very key. (laughs) Or any other dining hall. (laughs) Well, I guess going down the list then for me, um, another thing that grinds my gears is the fact that this school, MIT, is just constantly running the sprinklers. Oh, my God. Yep, yep. Like, it's raining right now, and I guarantee you they'll turn them on tonight. (laughs) Yeah, 100% chance. Yeah. Back where I used to live, um, I would drive by, on my way to school, I would drive by these fields every day, uh, like big agricultural fields, and it was was that same problem, but on a way larger scale, because they would be watering this massive plot of land with these, like, industrial sprinklers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just in the middle of the day, when it's all Yeah, of course, yeah, in the middle of the day, always, Mm -hmm. and... The few times that it would rain, because it would rain about two to three times a year. And when it would rain, it would really come down. And even during those downpours, they would be running these sprinklers at full blast. And at that point, I would almost think that it's like destroying the plants. It's just flooding them. But I don't know. That's that's the yeah. system that well, like Also, you can drink your almond milk, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, but I mean, like, at least for that one, it's like, there's actually something you're getting out of it. Uh-huh. This is literally just for grass. Yeah, like no exactly. one's eating this grass. Exactly. It just so uh, looks nice. Yeah, which and I guess pays for. Coming from it. California, like it actually hurts to see that much wasted water. No, it really water. does. We have no water. <laughs> yeah, I don't really relate because it rains all the time. <laughs> we're yeah, one of, East we're Coast one of the gang f- over We're here. one of the few states where we can be flooding, burning, and having earthquakes all at the same time. Oh yeah, which wow. is almost it's almost That's impressive. Awesome. Yeah, that's why people keep moving there. Yeah, truly. Yeah. There's opportunity, but there's also constant wildfires. At this point, I feel like when I used to live there, it was a wildfire. If there wasn't a wildfire, it was recovering from a wildfire. Oh, man. Yeah, it is currently Which on the, fire. Yeah, it's currently on the fire. The two seasons of California, right? Yeah. The two seasons. <laughs> two seasons. Earthquake oh, yeah, yeah. Season, two seasons. Yes, season. yes, yeah. exactly. Earthquake season. Earthquake <laughs> <laughs> season. This is the time of the year when just more earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you guys know? It's a weather phenomenon. I didn't know that was predictable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just Cali's so, like, humongous. It is like, pretty big, yeah. Like, you, you go to a state like, I don't know, Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what do they get over there? Hurricanes? But even then, like, on the all, on the whole East Coast, like, there's, like, that's no, true. There's it no is wildfires just, or earthquakes. Hurricanes mm-hmm. and snow. And snow, yeah. I mean, I mean it can get bad, like, Hurricane, like, Sandy and stuff in New York. Oh, yeah. Huge I flood. How long ago was that now? Like, like seven years I don't know, it was a while ago, yeah. and the streets flooded. And even like, even back where I lived around DC, I've gotten like I've gotten days out of school for flooding and like power going out. Oh really? Wow! Because of like power lines being that tripped. happened. That happened once uh, at the school at my high school. Uh, that was a. It was really weird. We had this massive storm come in for like a couple of days, and for for about one day, it was at its peak, and it mm. almost it felt like a like a small hurricane. And uh, I remember I was at school, actually, and I didn't have an umbrella, and it was starting to come down pretty hard, and it was also s- extremely windy, and so I grabbed an umbrella from the pool deck, uh, because I-, I was a I was a swimmer, so I-, I just grabbed one of my coach's umbrellas, and I was walking against the wind, so I was pushing into the wind, and the wind was strong enough to the point where I, I was really struggling to move forward, and I-, and I had my umbrella pointed into the wind. And then I I just heard this ripping sound and I I looked upwards at the umbrella and one of the spokes that holds up the the fabric of the umbrella had actually ripped through the fabric oh, of the umbrella man. because the wind was pushing so hard against it. And um it, it obviously the wind ended up blowing down a couple of power lines so power went out and we got to leave school early. And we me and one of my friends we were we were walking this time we were walking with like in the direction of the wind, so the wind was to our backs, and I opened up that umbrella again and used it as a parachute. And I don't think I've ever moved that fast in my whole life. It it really <laughs> caught, and and for some reason the umbrella didn't fold. It just launched us. We were practically skidding along the ground. Yeah, and a couple of my friends from that day told me that they were sitting in class and they saw uh, one of the trees from our campus fly by the window of their classroom. The whole tree got uprooted and just flew flew across. Them. Really? That's yeah. insane. That that storm actually uh, it took out power from my house for, I think, four days. Four days. Yeah, about about four days. We had no power at my house. So, I mean, so you like light candles and stuff? Yeah, yeah. We'd have candles. Um, no Wi-Fi, which was really a kicker. Right. Um, no refrigeration. 
That oh, is really rough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What you do? With, what the did you do with that? So you just have to eat everything. Anything, anything <laughs> that we had that was frozen, we had to pretty much eat. Which was honestly, it's kind of fun. We'd have power <laughs> outages every now and then, and every time we would, um, you would just get all the ice cream out of the freezer because you know it's gonna melt, and you would just have an ice cream party. And so that day, I think we actually had ice cream in our freezer. So. Um, we were able to eat all of it and have a little party like that. But then uh, by like day day two or three, it started to get pretty old pretty quick. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the lack of refrigeration really puts a damper on things. I can't actually remember what we ate during that time. Luckily, we could still cook things on our stove because we you could just... a gas stove? Yeah, exactly. We had a gas stove. And, um, yeah, we could still like pump water up. From our well. Oh, from your well. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. We had the necessities, but mm-hmm. it was a major inconvenience for a while. No, definitely. I mean, like when we like back home when we run out of power, it's typically like in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it gets like really hot there. Oh yeah. So I think one at one time, it was like this massive like lightning storm. I can't remember how many years ago, and it's like like the heat lightning. So like you don't hear it, but it just like. Strikes. strikes really and just really? a ton yeah i didn't even know that was a thing yeah <laughs> i've never heard of that in my whole life yeah so it just strikes and there's no sound and it really? strikes constantly how can it strike without there being any sound i don't know i don't know how it works but just i don't i don't i don't know how thunder works either maybe it's just so far away like no because like it's really close like i remember one time i was driving back from north carolina to virginia and we got caught in the middle of like some like huge lightning storm wow and um i actually remember this too because um at the time, I was playing like Clash of Clans in the car. Really, <laughs> and um, the servers were down because they, they uh, lost their um, devastating their their HQ whatever in the East Coast was, really? was down. They lost no power because of the lightning storm. I'm like, oh wow, I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but like when we lost our power this one time, it was we had this like end up staying in our car because it's like so hot in the house. Really, like, nothing wow. you need to just leave. Wow. So is it dangerous to be in your car during a lightning storm? No, because I think it works like a Faraday cage. Oh, like, yeah, so it just redirects it just all the electricity around it. Yeah, but there were some people who, like, who got, got scared to, like, they park their car underneath, like, an overpass and wow. stuff. Wow, wow. Maximum defense. <laughs> but, no, you should, I, I assume you're safe if you're yeah. in your car. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> but are you safe out of your car? Oh, actually, I got, you know what, you know what grinds my gears? Uh, Turning signals. <laughs> What? I, I'm gonna turning you, signals? Turning signals. Like, like when blinkers? people use them or yeah, no, don't use when them? People, no, no one in the city of Boston uses their turning signals. <laughs> oh. Like, oh my... Actually, not to call not to call people out, but like MIT police really <laughs> needs to stop. I don't think I've ever seen a single one of those cars turn with a, with a blinker on. It's like... Any I, of the police cars or any t- of the cars in general? Any of the... I'm going to say I see it... Well, I... Being on campus so often, I always see police cars do this. Although I always see not police cars do this too. Like, it's just they switch lanes, boom, gone. Mm. Like you have no idea, or they're making a turn, <laughs> you have no idea because they just do it, and you're walking and you almost get hit. Yeah, and I've I, actually I find gotten hit a couple times. Yeah, once I was walking over to Boston, and a lady was taking a left turn, so I was crossing a street that. Uh, was like adjacent to uh, one like Memorial Drive, you know? Yeah. And I was walking across that street and there was a lady taking a left turn onto the road that I was walking on and she didn't see me and I watched as she drove like straight towards me and I was like, "Wow, is she is like is this is this where I die?" <laughs> and and then I I made eye contact with her as she was driving straight towards me and she like swerved out of the way. And then she stopped her car and she like rolled down her window and she was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, wow, like you almost killed me. What's wrong with you? I mean, every time I'm in that situation, I'm like, ah, yes, please pay my tuition. Yes, (laughs) like honestly, I was, I was fully ready to accept it. I was like, I'm going to jump, I'm going to break my hip and she's going to pay for everything. (laughs) That's funny. Like it's typically like a joke too with like um, BMW drivers not using their signals. Uh Oh yeah. And I, I remember there was one police like, Local police department had said, "I don't know if you guys remember the Elf on the Shelf meme." Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you <laughs> and it's like typically like it's like, "Have you heard of Elf on the Shelf?" But like, oh, you may have heard of Elf on the Shelf, and then you say yeah, something else that yeah. rhymes. Which you've but never then, heard of. Yeah. Then the police department was like, "You may have heard of Elf on the Shelf, but have you ever heard of using your turn signals?" It <laughs> 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 is pretty funny. I've driven like I I drove like once in the Philippines. Uh huh. This is like this is actually like almost like two months after I got my permit, so not a great time to drive there. Wow. <laughs> But, like, there, it's, like, it's a free-for-all. So, no one uses their turn signals. And oh, like, yeah. There are lane markings in the road, but 
people just optional it's their optional yeah they're just recommendations really wow so you're just driving but i think honestly the lack of turn signals might make it safer because people it keeps people on their toes yeah so <laughs> yeah, everyone's always if, paying attention because yeah, if no one uses it then everyone knows that they have to watch out for people randomly turning i've heard that the uh that driving around in india can be a similar just mm-hmm. mayhem of cars and uh the thing about driving in india is that so the in, in India, the cows are like a sacred animal, right. and so if a cow like walks into the middle of a street, you can't make it leave. You can't like shoo it away because it's a sacred animal. Really? And so if a cow like lays down in the middle of a road, it just blocks traffic entirely. Because because <laughs> wow. you can't like if you can't drive around it, then you you just can't do anything. You just have to wait for it to leave on its own, mm-hmm. or you have to like drive around on like the sidewalks or something. And uh, I think that's that is actually hectic i could just imagine like an ambulance is like we got to get this man to the hospital go 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 (laughs) oh wait oh never mind no (laughs) it'll move eventually yeah i mean i guess hopefully in the future they'll have like self-driving cars yeah you don't even need turn signals self-driving that would be really cars (laughs) self-driving cows self-driving so they know kind of like normal cows yeah (laughs) (laughs) some would almost say let me talk about something else that grinds my gears which is 30 minute breaks between classes Mm. 30 minutes is such a terrible amount of time because it is not enough time to do anything except waste time i mean that's the that's my that's my favorite thing to do to be honest (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like i just get so stressed really really i'm like i should be productive but i barely have enough time to take my computer out and find a place to work and start working before I have to go to my next class or whatever. Oh, I personally like save everything for the last second and I love procrastinating. Mm-hmm. And what I love even more is having like justified procrastination. Yeah, forced procrastination. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, dang, I can't do any of this now. So and then you like, just hang out in the banana lounge. Yeah, you just you just like you eat you steal like a bunch of bananas, like little a little bunch, and you take a nap. Exactly. I don't know. It's just Well, last time I took a nap in the banana lounge. <laughs> you were there for a long time. <laughs> Last time I took a nap in the banana lounge, I got several Snapchats of me, <laughs> me sleeping sent to myself. To be honest, <laughs> I, that, I do that. That was kind of impressive because you were in there for, I would almost say, around two hours. That, that's a long nap. That's not That's not even a that nap is, at that point. Sleeping. That's, that's that just sleeping. That is absolutely false. I was not there for two you hours. You were there for a long time. I went. I remember I went to a lecture, came out, and you were still there. So I, I would say, <laughs> <laughs> say no comment. I, wow. no. <laughs> I, I would say that's I'm a decent amount of time. Sure I remember looking at my phone before I went to sleep, having it say three o'clock, and then looking at it after, and it being like three forty-five. No, because I know I went to uh, office hours for my computer science class, and that took about an hour and a half. And I, yeah, I remember coming out at around. 4 30 so it was at least an hour and a half because then i had to go to the grocery store after and i i popped in to see if you were still sleeping and sure enough you were fast asleep wow yeah <laughs> no but i i think i'm with Corey. i don't like the half an hour breaks between classes uh-huh if it's just like an awkward thing like i don't know why they have classes that are like an hour and a half because like yeah then there's like nothing yeah. you can do between the ne- that class and next class just mm-hmm. half an hour I mean, don't get me wrong. It's kind of cool to, like to have like a lunch break or something. That's true. But oftentimes it's like at two thirty, so like yeah, and then it's pretty late, and there's like nothing. Mine was at like ten thirty. What am I to gonna do? do? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you could you could schedule around that. I feel like you could choose to have like I don't know, put this class up here like a recitation, or you could just skip a class in general. I mean, uh, the only way to schedule around that is either have it at the beginning or the end because it's an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's not gonna fit in the time slot. That's true. Dang it. You hate to see that. Always really hate do. to see it. I had a I actually had a one hour break between like on Fridays I have a a pretty light schedule. And so I had a one hour break between my philosophy class and my physics class. And during that one hour break I, you know, just hang out in, in one of those lounges. I made myself some hot chocolate and you know, I was just looking at I think I was actually looking on Craigslist for a new guitar to buy. Craigslist. Yeah, Craigslist. I Definitely mean, would would recommend checking it out. I've heard that Facebook Marketplace is also good for looking for um, things to buy. For, really? Uh, yeah, for pretty cheap. 
And so I was looking for a guitar to buy, and I think I found some some pretty cool ones. It's only, the only thing is, as a student, I am completely stranded and can only get around via like public transportation Blue or, bikes. or walking. Blue bikes. Blue oh bikes. yeah, yeah. Another another big thing that grinds my gear is the fact that I do not have a bike yet and mm-hmm. can't seem to fix the bike that I'm trying to fix. That is very annoying. I, I think I've had to replace the the brakes on the bike that I'm trying to fix about three or four times because I keep switching which bike I want to fix because there's two that I found Hmm. that are pretty trashy, but I think I can get running. But, man, it's very difficult not being able to really be mobile. You know, I can't can't go drive down to Rosendale or anything, which is like 30 minutes away. I have to, you know, make make a whole day trip out of it. I mean, I feel like the first mistake was, like, having hope that you'd be able to yeah having hope you'd be able to like find a bike or create like be able to make one for extremely cheap yeah like i just accepted the fact that i'm stuck to public transportation so Mm -hmm. like i got that blue bike pass uber also does exist yes and it does the only thing is i don't know how much how much money does a half an hour uber it is pricey cost you yeah and at that point it almost defeats the purpose of me trying to get a cheaper guitar because then it ends up being around the same price Mm. hmm yeah, sure. I mean, you're lucky you go to school in like Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. I actually found a I found a person who's selling a guitar that's pretty close, so I'd be able to get there within 20 minutes on the subway. Yeah, but like, I mean, like, imagine you went to school at like Cornell or something like in oh, Ithaca, yeah, New York. In Ithaca, yeah. There's no way you could get anywhere. Like, you're yeah. just you're just stuck on it, campus. That is truly a an isolated college town. That's all you have. Here, it's more of like a met- metropolitan area. I mean, yeah, you can get around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you have the option to get around, but I feel like I'm like stuck on Cambridge side, like five out of seven days of the week. I mean, really? no doubt. I mean, we go to this school, like, <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna be here most of our time. Yeah, we have responsibilities, but like, I don't know. I think it'd be awesome to just go to Boston for zero reason and just spend all my time there. Uh huh. Listen, yeah. I enjoy walking, so I've done that many times. Already. Really, you walk? Just walk across the bridge. Wow. Just walk around Boston hmm. when you're feeling stressed or as you said, when you like procrastinating, yeah. just take a walk. I just, walk. Yeah, just walking to Boston. Dang. That, that's an easy way to eat up three to four hours. I'd say. Yeah, it is. Hmm. That's yeah. a long walk too, because like, like where our campus is on the uh, Charles River is like the widest portion of it. Yeah. So walking yeah. across the Harvard Bridge just takes forever. Mm-hmm. And then like, you only realize you're halfway there when you see the halfway mark. Yeah. yeah. But it looks <laughs> like you've walked like seventy five yeah. percent of the way there. And then, and then you get hit with that halfway there, and you're like, wow. <laughs> just, I have to do this all over again? It's a mind game every single time. It really is. Just pop a pair of headphones in, turn on podcast, or... Yeah, just listen to turn this, on this The podcast. archive yeah. of the Grind My Gears to this one episode over and over. An infinite loop. Yeah, and by the time you get to this point, you should be across the bridge. <laughs> hope, not, you, might, you might have reached the halfway point. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. No, but um, another thing that grinds my gears, at least, at least when I lived back in D.C., there's always, like, these tourists walking around. And there's still tourists here. Mm. And I don't have a problem with tourists, but, like, there's always these people who take pictures with, like, their iPads. Mm. <laughs> and that always yeah. gets me. Yeah. People holding up their huge it's iPads. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's, like, by now, I, I hope everyone's phones, like, or everyone, like, has smartphones. Especially uh-huh. if you have the means to travel. Yeah. So, like, why are and you And if you have an around? iPad. And if you have an iPad, exactly. So, why are you walking around with an iPad hmm. holding it up one blocking everyone behind you and two the camera's not even that good I don't understand yeah the cameras are on iPads are not known to be wait good. Is, is there like an imp- is there like a slight improvement or is it like identical to iPhone cameras like how does that I work? think it's worse I think it's worse I think you just it take over the leftover worse. iPhone cameras from yeah. last year and just shove them into an iPad wait, yeah what I mean, maybe they want a bigger screen. I don't know. It's like ah, it's so the pictures are bigger. The yeah. pictures are much larger. <laughs> when they print them out, it can so be a full easy. page. <laughs> yeah, they don't gotta resize. Yeah, I actually, I, I have a. So I live in a in a pretty touristy town in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would always be man, and any holiday ever Fourth of July, it was a zoo at the beach. You go out to the beach and actually see just swarms of tourists from like the central valley or you know people from out of state possibly and just people from everywhere and it's just so taxing to see all these people that and the thing is they don't really like respect the beach they're just there to like hang out so it, it everything gets really trashed and um i don't know it really it really is a pain to see 
because it's it's really a matter of respect and uh a lot of people that come there just go and see the pretty sights and then yeah leave it really trash i mean that's becoming a problem with like a lot of places i feel like tourists it's, mm-hmm. it's become easier a lot easier to travel yeah so these places are being yeah. filled with tourists like especially in europe like, oh, i was there over yeah. the summer oh yeah it's like if you try to go like try to go to, like the vatican or something mm-hmm. it's, it's an absolute zoo which i mean i don't know it's not necessarily a bad thing like it's great that more people have the ability to travel but at the same time it is both a an, an environmental or an environmental and like a social <laughs> cost because just the the act of traveling is is pretty resource intensive not sure like i i remember i was in my environmental class i was taking a quiz that judges how many earths um oh, it would yeah, it would take this. to support a population of just you so if everyone on Earth had the same right. eating, travel, and uh, just life patterns as you, how many Earths it would take up. And the act of flying, like just taking planes anywhere, that skyrockets the amount of Earths that it takes. Like pr- pretty much more than anything else for some reason. Hmm. Because, I mean, obviously because planes are so resource intensive. It's really, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, if there's a population of people that all like flew once a year, it would take like three Earths to sustain it, and that is mind-boggling to me. Right, and even like even like statistics, like uh, if you ever seen like cruise ships and stuff, yeah, and seeing how much resources that stuff yeah. takes, and then like I've heard cruise ship tourists themselves are just like the worst because like <laughs> they're only there for a day, exactly, so uh, they don't really yeah. care, and, and all they're trying to do is just see all the sites as quickly mm-hmm, as possible, mm-hmm. so then like. I don't know, I just don't really care much for the sites and stuff. Yeah. So like people like Venice complain about all these yeah. tourists. Dang. So I got no idea what this is even about. That's why I feel like the, the rise of ecotourism is almost like hi- hypocritical because people will travel to places to pretty much see like natural phenomena. Like say mm-hmm. they're going to like the cloud forest in like Central America and uh, they're, they're going and, and just seeing like this beautiful natural resource then the 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 act of all these people coming in and touring both like raises like awareness about these endangered biological areas but at the same time could like put strain on those same biological areas that they're touring which i think is pretty interesting yeah but like would it also like doesn't it also raise revenue for the places it does it does it, it oftentimes it actually raises revenue for the conservation areas that are trying to protect um the natural resource that the people are actually touring mm-hmm. but at the same time the people have to get there somehow so yeah but like also at times like, it can be a little bit harmful like when they travel there like the emissions it's spread out throughout the whole world whereas it when they really spend is. their money it's directly yeah. to the park it's true it's kind of like um like like letting people like hunt like trophy hunting yeah yeah stuff. like a lot of times that goes back into um like the money it costs like kill a lion or something goes into uh like the guards for like anti-poaching really efforts interesting yeah so i mean obviously like when people like go like i don't know if you guys remember the dentist who went and yeah, killed, that and killed the didn't he kill like a black rhino oh is a rhino yeah I, I feel like i remember it being like a really endangered like rhino species mm, i can't remember but he definitely killed it was a yeah, lion rhino it was definitely some like endangered animal and yeah. people were all mad at him yeah but like people like him are what's helping support like anti-poaching things obviously he went like across the line i think he like lured the animal out of the protected zone but um, it's 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 one of those things that goes back in, and same with same with like zoos and stuff. Zoos often, the money you pay to go inside zoos contributes back to um, conservation efforts. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Sometimes it can help, and yeah, ecotourism as bad as that may seem, it's better than normal tour- tourism. That, I, that guess. Is, I would definitely agree with you on that. And I actually just looked it up. So the dentist did. He actually killed a, a famous lion hmm. named Cecil. Cecil. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. C- Cecil, Cecil, lion. Cecil the lion. Cecil the lion. Yeah. About this. Named uh, named after Cecil Rhodes. Oh, and, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah great guy. Yeah, yeah. From Rhodesia. Uh huh. Yeah. And major attraction to the. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. The Huang National Park, in uh, in Zimbabwe. Uh huh. So wow. He killed a famous lion. That's even worse. That's 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 worse press. That's interesting that they named a lion after Cecil Rhodes. Yeah, because like he was like I mean I don't know I don't know exactly who he was but I'm, he's the guy they named Rhodesia after. Really? Yeah, and Rhodesia was like the predecessor state to Zimbabwe. Wow. Which was like the apartheid state. Oh, of Zimbabwe. yeah. So it's interesting. Interesting. Interesting after. use of of names. Uh, one of my friends actually 
has a Rhodesian Ridgeback dog, mm-hmm. and those dogs were bred to hunt lions. And it is it's a it's a pretty terrifying dog. Their uh, hair goes. It, Wait like, a points, second. It points Did you backwards. just say a dog that was bred to hunt lions? Yeah. Yes. So they're they're lion hunting dogs. What? And they're very they're very strong. They're pretty big. I would say they're probably a little bit bigger than a, a golden retriever. Or maybe even considerably bigger. I'm not. I'm not totally sure how big a golden retriever <laughs> how is. How do you go about killing and a lion? The thing is, they're that big without having long hair. So they're just a really big, very strong dog. And the hair on their—it's really interesting. The fur on their bodies goes and points backwards for most of their body, except for along their spine where it points forwards. Wow. And that's why they're called Ridgebacks because they have that like ridge of hair. Mm. And they're—they're uh, they're just really, really strong, really fast dogs that um, essentially were used extensively by lion hunters i'm not necessarily sure if they were used to kill the lion but they definitely could hurt a lion and and uh weaken it that's crazy yeah really Dude, dogs yeah. are insane like the fact that they breed like bred so many different dogs yeah. and they're all like the same species mm-hmm. that is, is crazy crazy yeah mm-hmm. so did did all domesticated dogs come from the same species <laughs> yeah, originally the same like they have, well they all yeah they all have like the same common yeah. ancestor and i think like People, like, examine stray dogs, and I think, like, stray dogs are, like, because they're all mixed. Yeah. And I think, like, over time, over certain generations, they just go back to, like, really? the original form. Really? So, like, they found out what the original dog looks like by, like, examining how stray dogs wow. develop. And it's, like, because so, like, stray dogs are, like... Was it a the, golden retriever? I think it was... It, it looked kind of... It didn't look like a wolf, per se, but, like... A longer snout. Longer... Yeah, definitely longer snout and skinnier, too. Yeah. Because these dogs... Stray dogs are selectively bred basically to be able to live in the streets yeah right so they're not necessarily the strongest dogs yeah and they're not but, like wolves. but they're but they're faster and smaller they're fast yeah they're, and they're smaller too they're smaller than a lot of the dogs that they have yeah like, normally definitely not like a great dane or something no no there's they're smaller dogs so it's interesting because the way we breed dogs now like there's a lot of dogs like pugs who have like yeah completely super n- smashed yeah, in they're, faces. they're absolutely like they would they would not last in a natural environment at all i mean it's painful even for them to like breed and yeah stuff, like, yeah I mean, just the fact that, like, all these people have different types of dogs, kind mm-hmm. of like, the fact, like, how they can breed, like, yeah. chihuahuas yeah. and also, like, St. Bernard's. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. Yeah. One of my one of my good friend's grandma's actually, well, actually, his grandma's neighbor is a dog breeder, and so she would always have baby puppies in, like, her garage that she'd be breeding. It's a very lucrative business, but it, it can also be a little bit... A little bit of weird on a humanitarian scale as, as far as breeding dogs goes. And there's also a lot of room for competition. There were actually, uh, there were some dog breeders down the street from where I lived that had someone come in and try to, like, sabotage their, their dog sabotage? breeding operation. Yeah, no, it, it was it was horrifying. They came in and tried to kill the mother and really? kill all the babies because each baby can sell for up to $5,000. What? And so someone got angry or something and, and tried to come in and kill all of the dogs Why that, kill them? that Why I don't not I don't steal know them? I don't know it was it was awful um I really can't explain it but that, that's kind of a terrifying thing to have because it, scary, it, I mean yeah. it's true like every every dog that you breed can be worth a, a hefty sum so I can definitely see why people do it but it can get shady at some points I say wow yeah I mean dang. Wait, oh, you yeah. can get five grand for a puppy? Oh, easily. I've seen, I've seen, like, a Siberian Husky, you can sell for 1200 at, like, the drop of the hat, you know? Really? Yeah. Uh, one of my friends actually bred some pure, bu- some pure black labs, and each one could easily be sold for $1,000. Like, you could practically just, if like, if you sold it for $1,000, you'd be snatched up, like, immediately. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever really got into that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've had the same dog since I was like seven, and yeah. he's still alive. Wow. Yeah, he he's pretty old now. <laughs> Great ROI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's paying for itself now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's just he's a, he's a he's a schnauzer, and he just I don't know. He mo- ain't, he ain't special, but dang. The most terrifying dog, in my opinion, is a mastiff. One of my one of my friends actually had. I think he had three mastiffs, and if you if you're not familiar with what a mastiff is, they might be one of the biggest dogs you'll ever see. They're practically a bear. A bear. They are massive, 
and one and uh, I think two of the three had anger issues. So mm-hmm. if you looked at it for too long, it would actually attack you. And I'm pr- I'm fairly confident that one of them could kill me in approximately two seconds. I'm pretty sure a shotgun is named after a mastiff. Yeah, yeah, a, a mastiff wow. shotgun. Actually, that that may or may not be from a video game. Really? <laughs> but, the, to be honest, that's a very good point. But yeah, a mastiff is a very large dog. I'm not necessarily sure what they were bred for, but they are big and they're quite scary actually they're they're built they're built very thick you know it's a lot of muscle in there Mm. one time i was walking to my neighbor's house and there was a house between me and my neighbor's house that had a lot of like i think i had three chihuahuas and they're really angry chihuahuas and so they would always be barking and I remember, yeah, me and my sister were walking, and we had ice cream. So we had ice cream cones. We were walking past that house, and all the chihuahuas were barking at us. And then one of them, it was, like, the leader of the pack, and it was one of the meaner ones. She just started sprinting straight at the fence that was between uh, us and the dogs. And I was looking at it, you know, pretty confidently. I I think I was around, like, five or six at the time. And, no, maybe, maybe older. Maybe I was around eight. And... This dog is sprinting. I'm I'm practically making eye contact with it, and it's sprinting straight at us. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to do anything. And the two other dogs are kind of running with it, but they don't they don't look as determined as as this dog. And then it jumps. And keep in mind, this fence this fence actually it wasn't a slatted fence, so it didn't have fence posts. It had like little squares of metal essentially. And this dog, I don't know how it did it, but it jumped. And tucked itself into like a bullet shape and went straight through the fence. <laughs> it went straight through this fence and and popped out on the other side and just started sprinting towards us. And the other two dogs stopped because they couldn't do this weird phase shift that this, <laughs> this super that, that yeah. this dog yeah. can do. And it sprinted through Flash. and it just went straight through that fence and it started attacking me and my sister. And so we just started sprinting away from it. It was terrifying. And uh, I think from then I've I've had a distaste for for any small dog, of yeah, any I mean, kind. I'm, I'm not I'm not a big Chihuahua guy. Yeah, Chihuahuas just in general I feel have a lot of concentrated rage. Yeah, very very concentrated mm-hmm. rage. I feel like they can't back any of it up. Like they're way too. <laughs> they are Friends way like, try too. Me. <laughs> they are. I, you you know, a Chihuahua one? comes at me, I, I might you kick take it. it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're they're they they're way too loud for how small they are. Like they they need to learn their place, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Gain some size. That's funny. Yeah, they have a Napoleon complex. Yeah, I was gonna say Napoleon. Complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one last thing that grinds my gears is every morning. So our dorm is like next to a tree. Yeah. And every single yeah. morning is birds just chirping <laughs> away in that tree. Not even chirping. They're practically screaming. Yeah, like, I don't know what's going on, but they're just yelling right next. And these windows are closed. Like I make sure these yeah. windows are closed. Yeah. And you're just so loud. Really? I mean. Can you get bad at the birds? <laughs> I mean, it. there was a, at my grandma's house in Santa Barbara, there was this blue, j- or not a blue jay, there was this mockingbird that always would hang out on one of the palm trees next to her house. And that thing was one of the loudest birds I've ever heard. Because yeah. it would, it would like mock any sound that it would hear. So practically, you you could hear a whole caveat of things coming out of that bird's mouth and it got to the point where i had like a little slingshot and i would try to like shoot seeds at it like there's these little seeds that would fall from one of her trees and i would just try to shoot seeds at this bird because it would just sit there all day just making this absolute racket and it was it was very annoying so i can totally see how having birds every morning just yeah assault your ears can can get old real quick Definitely. Man. I'm waiting for the winter when they all. Oh yeah. I don't know where birds go in the winter. Yeah. Do they all fly <laughs> south? No. No, I don't think. I don't think all birds fly south. I'm pretty sure most don't. No. Like birds stay. I don't think I've ever seen a bird in the winter though. Yeah, tiny. Like the like you know like the little finches and stuff. Do they? What yeah. do they do? I don't know. Just they definitely hibernate. don't. Yeah. Like hibernate. Can, they, can they even hibernate? <laughs> no, I don't think mm-hmm. so. Hmm. Interesting. I think they all go down. Maybe, maybe the government just takes them back and oh, has, of course, like, yeah. starts repairs yeah. on them. Because obviously the government uses birds as surveillance systems. Yeah, oh, birds e- aren't real. Yeah. yeah. Like so, some bees. I'm afraid like... Some bees. I, I some feel like, bees. Oh, because did you watch that Black Mirror episode? That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking wow. of. Like those... Oh, that, that, that gave me like paranoia, man. You can't watch that show and like live life normally uh-huh. again. Yeah. <laughs> so, some of those episodes just stick with you. Yeah. 
So yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the bee one was kind of cool, though. Like, it was an interesting concept, I guess. Like, making robots to pollinate the plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, like, the killing people part. <laughs> no, you're going to spoil the episode on air? <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, uh, dang. <laughs> or, or the or the one episode? Uh, what was it? The, the guy's, like, trapped. Like, it was basically, can can you torture something if it's just a computer? Mm-hmm. It's like I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Like, a man tried like, to torture a computer. Well, like well, what it was is that they had like a copy. So like imagine a copy of yourself. Oh, in a computer, and then they had it like doing like menial tasks basically. So is it all right to have that in like that thing? Yeah. Are you are you allowed to psychologically torture like code basically? What? Like is that is that ethical or moral? That's that's an interesting concept. Like I don't know. You know, I, I would say before the episode, I wouldn't care because it's just like numbers. Mm-hmm. But like after watching it, it's like, well, that that honestly, they feel something. That gets down to the the point of asking what what consciousness is. You know, what consciousness is. And I mean, maybe in the world of Black Mirror, they were able to make a consciousness from, you know, a purely artificial means. But at this point, that that is pretty far out of our reach. The yeah. scope of AI at this point is just trying to get something that is able to like a computer system that's able to learn on its own. Yeah. But uh, as far as creating our own consciousness goes, I mean, that would be quite the step, I'd mm. say. And uh, that would also be quite a step as far as philosophers go as trying to understand what consciousness is because if you're able to make a consciousness artificially, that definitely gives light to what causes consciousness. I actually had a debate today in my uh, philosophy class about the essentially the origin of consciousness and and what consciousness is and uh, i was so we got assigned arguments essentially and my argument was that um like all like root particles of the universe essentially all like quarks and like when you get down to the smallest particle all have some level of consciousness with them what? Mm-hmm. and so this this rudimentary consciousness isn't like consciousness that your brain perceives and it, it isn't like this high level consciousness that humans kind of play around with but it's more of like an explanation they the way that it's worded in in one of the re, in one of the philosophical papers that i read is that it's essentially a way of interacting with the world and so it's it's like the software that physics which is the hardware of our world runs on right. and so it's essentially it describes the interactions that all particles have with each other so like quarks have these things called spins on them so a quark will like spin up or down or something like that right i'm not entirely um fluent in the world of quantum physics but that is my understanding and and the way that it was explained in in this paper is that that in and of itself is is can be explained as like a rudimentary form of consciousness and when arranged in the correct orientations these give rise to higher levels of consciousness and that was an interesting point because uh, at like any you most other beliefs about what consciousness is don't actually what consciousness like is made of don't actually get to that core idea of actually asking what it is and this theory is like the only one that provides a solution and even though it seems really out there like the idea that every every particle in the universe you know has consciousness mm-hmm. it it doesn't really make sense like asking you know if this mic which is made of particles has consciousness that that mm-hmm. would inherently be true if you subscribe to this idea, but I guess the whole point is that it really depends on the configuration of these smaller consciousnesses that'll give rise to big consciousnesses. Well, I, then, I would just thought of Rene Descartes, like you know, the, I, think, I think therefore I am. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. I just thought if you thought, yeah. like, but then you're aware. Yeah. So like that that is the presence of that's like how you could acknowledge consciousness, but like how would you measure consciousness in something that is not you? You know. Which is something that I, is nearly impossible to do with the technology we have. But if you were able to make, excuse me, if you were able to make a consciousness artificially, then I think that would definitely give rise to understanding what consciousness is at it, at its utmost base level. Yeah, but then if everything has consciousness from like those particles, uh-huh. when we've already made consciousness with like machines or something or robots. Well, that I guess. Um, someone who I, I mean I'm not, I'm not totally sure what someone who subscribes to this idea would yeah, say. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, if I if I had to guess, I would assume that it again comes down to deriving some kind of correct formation 
out of out of particles mm-hmm. and some correct relationship right. between the spins because, and all that yeah yeah because there's because supposedly these small consciousnesses are essentially they describe the way that things interact with other things because like if you try to define matter right like if you if you ask the question what is matter it essentially you'll end up describing things that are essentially relationships that it has with other particles so reactions such as say you can you can describe a particle as something that has mass or something that has charge Mm -hmm. but both mass and charge are simply a measure of it reacting to other things things in its environment yeah so charge is either an attractive or repellent force mass is a relation with gravitational force right right but if you ask what it is in and of itself it gets into a much more difficult kind of explanation and that's essentially where the Mm. the rise of this consciousness argument starts to stem from because it strives to answer both questions at once what is consciousness and what is matter which is a oddly oddly applicable to that conversation of of creating consciousness but i think it's a cool thing to to think about Mm -hmm. well i hate to end it there but that's about all the time we have thank you for joining us thank you fred for subbing in for kyle yeah no problem and um join us two weeks from now on episode two where we'll hopefully have our full cast yeah hopefully all right thank you all righty see ya